We're back. Oh my goodness. We're back. Planet Philly. We're on our own now. We are on our own. Planet Philly is back. I am your host, Nick Earnshaw, joined by two very special guests, or I should say contributors, contributors to Planet Philly, no longer guests anymore. Uh, Jen McGraw, Jason Joseph are joining me today, and we have so much to talk about. We have, we have to talk about the show, what's going to happen with the show. We're relaunching, we're restarting. Uh, we, have, we have Philly sports to talk about. That's, of course, coming. We have a lot to debate, a lot to discuss. A few things going on in Philadelphia sports right now. Yes, it's, it's the dog days of summer, but there's still so much going on in this city with these sports teams, and I'm excited to talk about all of it. But first, I want to talk about some plans for the show before I get to Jen and Jason. Uh, we have a lot going on, so we're going to be all over the socials. We, we made the Twitter. We made the Instagram. TikTok is on the way as well, uh, and you can follow all of us. We have the link tree in our bio on Twitter, also on Instagram. We'll post it out there once again if you want to follow us on all of the social platforms. If you want to contact us as well, we, we added this feature now at planetphillypod at gmail.com. So that is what, if you want to get in touch with us, you want to email us, that's where you follow us at uh, and send emails, planetphillypod at gmail.com. That's where, if you want to reach us, have any questions, want to talk sports, just let us know. And, uh, you know, we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can. But yeah, we have a lot going on. Listen, we plan to do at least one to two shows a week uh, here for Planet Philly. That's what I plan on doing. Uh, Jen and Jason are going to be regular contributors to the show all the time and like, just like how they were before. And we're going to try and get a lot of guests on this show as well. I'm very excited about that. We're going to have some great guests coming up. We have a couple couple in, in the works as of right now. So we'll get them rolling uh, and we'll announce them as we go along. But Planet Philly Pod, almost on all the social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, our Gmail account as well, at Planet Philly Pod, also on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. I can't even talk. It's been a minute. It's been a little bit. I'm rusty, Jason and Jen. I'm rusty. I want to bring him in. Jen, uh, we're back. We're back again. You have your new podcast as well. You got to plug that too. People have to listen to that uh, because that's going to be a great show. I'm tuned in all the time as well. So Jen, uh, take it away. Yes, yeah, so I am super happy to be back, of course, on Planet Philly, because I cannot go this much longer without talking about Philadelphia sports like any longer. I'm super glad to be back. Of course, uh, while we took a little break to come back and reboot, um, I started my own podca- podcast as well called First and Gen. I was about to just say and Gen, but you can find it on Twitter and Instagram as of right now. It's just at Gen Pod, uh, Gen with two N's, just because let's be fans yeah nothing really has been going on um but i'm super happy to be back talking about sports in the city of brotherly love with two very talented contributors as well uh so i'm just very very much ready for this new chapter and this new start yeah i'm really excited jen uh, to have you on the podcast once again i'm gonna flip it all to my other j name and jason joseph double j over there jason we're back man we're back Yes, we are. And honestly, it's a privilege to be here with the both of you. And Nick, I remember when we were doing this for Rowan Radio, when, when all of us were doing this for Rowan Radio, Nick, you and I had a conversation 
And Nick, you, you asked me, you know, should I take Philly? And I said, of course, it's yours. You literally made this your own. And I couldn't be happier to be here with you and Jen just to be on here all the time. I think that when it comes to just the group that we had at Rowan Radio, we're all very much family oriented, care about one another. We want each of us to really not just work hard, but we want what's best for each other. And the fact that Jen and I get to be here with you at least once to twice a week, a huge, huge honor. And I can't thank you enough. I appreciate that, Jason. And I'm glad you bring up Rowan Radio. It's where we started this thing. And, you know, to Derek Jones, Leo Kirshner, the whole crew over there, can't thank them enough. Cannot thank them enough. Uh, I'm sure you guys could agree with me. Learned so much from them. Learned a ton over there uh, at Rowan. And now, you know, we're out, we're out in the world now. And, you know, we, we're, we're going to be in doing, doing a couple of different endeavors, I guess, all, all three of us uh, in the time being. And, you know, we'll, we'll, you'll just stay tuned for our announcements on some things. You'll, you'll see. You'll see in a little bit. But, uh, no, it, it was a great time doing it over there. And we're, we're bringing it, you know, you know after our, our time at Rowan, we're now starting it on our own. And I'm ready to keep this thing rolling and just make it as big as possible and, you know, see what we can do with it and see, see how much great content we can put out there, Jason and Jen, but, you know, I want to get your, your opinions uh, before we start the show, you know, your expectations. I, you know, I don't think it's going to go into the ground. I don't think so. I don't plan on it going into the ground. What are your expectations, Jen, for planet Philly going forward? I mean, shoot for the stars. And if, if, you know, there's a saying that's something about shooting for the stars. And if you fail, at least I see what you did. I see what you did. I see what you did. I had to bring that (laughs) reference in. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, because I mean, side note, you know, I'm really big into astrology. So besides the fact that this is Philly sports, just adding the whole worldly, no pun intended, but pun intended, adding the whole worldly <laughs> experience to it is awesome because frankly, the world revolves around Philly sports because they talk about us all the time. But that being said, um, you know, expectations for the show, obviously, I think we're going to go far. Obviously, you got you to gotta start somewhere. And that somewhere for us was Rowan Radio. And that's where we each, I guess, found our own voice and our own way to make this show unique. And I think that's kind of what makes our or this show, you know, the show that you started, Nick, I think that that's what makes this show unique and what so many fans, Philly fans, I mean, just fans of I really see us going super far with Planet Philly. I I tend to agree. I, I think we're gonna do some fun things. We're not gonna we're gonna let you hear it. We are going to let you hear it if, if something happens. We're gonna not hold back on our takes on our opinions. Jason, how about you? What do you expect uh, out of this going forward? Um, you you know I'm just gonna let it rip, let it fly. I mean it's just what's gonna happen. We we know we know that. We we know I'm not gonna hold back. Um, I don't expect Jen to either. Um, and Jason, I definitely don't expect you to either. The thing that I really like about this, and this is no offense to Rowan Radio at all whatsoever, I think that this is the point where we get to actually brand ourselves. Right. And we're not focused on one brand, you know, for, for a radio station. We actually get to, you know, be able to, to use more, a little bit more profanity. We also get to- <laughs> That's what you're excited about? That's what you're excited about? 
<laughs> no, no. But I mean, I, I think that just the energy and just the passion and just, and, and being able to just work in an environment with people and not have to like rotate. I think that that is what's going to make this show really unique. And I like the fact how with a lot of podcasts that you listen to for sports podcasts, especially for Philly, there's this sort of like a similar trend where you have like the, you have one person doing it and there's a whole monologue and there's not as much of like a back and forth discussion. And what I really like about this platform is that all of us get to use not just our voices, but we get to be very creative. We get to come up with different types of stuff and it's not just a one man show. It's literally very collaborative and I love that. And that's the part that I'm really looking forward to. And I couldn't have asked it any better to just do it with the both of you because you guys are the most creative people. are all family to me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, you know, this is our Planet Philly family. We're going to hopefully have an extended family as well uh, going forward. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, I, I really think we're going to have some good discussions, good topics to talk about. I mean, there's always something to talk about in Philadelphia, especially with uh, these four sports teams. So I'm excited. I, I, I tend to you know think this is going to be a very good show to listen to um, on your way to work. You know, if you're cooking dinner, whatever you want to do that, you know, we just want to have a good discussion and we want you to chime in on, on the socials and, and get involved, get involved. We're, we're here to talk. We answer, we'll answer back. We're, we're not shy or afraid to answer back to you. So, uh, you know, just hit us up at planet Philly pod on all the platforms, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all of them. TikTok is coming soon as well. We got the Facebook page in the works. Uh, so just hit us up and then email planet at planet Philly pod at gmail.com. So very excited. Go ahead, Jason. I just wanted to also add another thing too, is that I've, I've also realized that we all have a lot of positive energy and when things go really, really rough, like for the Phillies and for the Eagles, I think that with all of our personalities, we can create this positive environment. I agree. Can actually come on here and it could kind of be very therapeutic for those yeah. people. And, you know, rather than just shouting out frustration, which of course we're going to do, you know, because that's natural. Oh, but, it's going to happen. I, I can't lie, Jason. It's going to happen. It's it's going to happen yeah. a ton. At the same time, though, we get to, I guess, rally the truth. And, and I think that we get to create an environment where they feel like that, that they can just express themselves, you know, when it comes to just other thoughts that they have on the teams and whatnot and how they're doing. But I think that we have this positive environment, this positive culture that will actually influence people to come on here more and participate and get more involved. And I'm really looking forward to that. I, I couldn't have said it any better, Jason. Very excited, very excited for what we have uh, in store for everyone. And, you know, we're excited to get this show on the road. So with that, let's get the show going. Let's get Planet Philly back. And rolling once again, uh, we got we got something to talk about that's been in the news uh, as of the time of this recording, and it's not going to leave the news uh, too soon. I feel like uh, the 76ers they unleashed and unveiled a new proposal on a new arena. Yeah, they want to leave the Wells Fargo Center not for another nine ish years, 2031, 2032. I can't believe I'm saying those years out loud, but. That's what they want to do. And, you know, I, I got a question. 
Um, you know, they want to put it in Center City, uh, you know, right near Market Street, right on Market Street. And, you know, right near City Hall, not too far. Easy to get to, not too far from the Paco train stations coming from New South Jersey, not too far from SEPTA stations as well. Uh, they want to put it in, in that Center City lot uh, in the fashion district. Um, this is a very interesting proposal that I saw, Jen, uh, from the Sixers today. I wake up to this news. And I'm like, whoa, all right. I, I saw the, the rumors swirling around. They sent out like a poll a few weeks back or something like that. And then all of a sudden, boom, the proposal's out there for the world to see. And you know, there's been mixed, I, I feel like, feedback on this. Um, so, Jen, first I'll go to you. Do we love it or do we hate it? Do we hate it or love it? I don't know. I'm really on the fence about it just because as a sports business and uh, sports management thing plugging but besides the point um as a sports business person i love the idea because you're in like like you said you're in center city you're in the fashion district that that would just opened up uh about a, a couple a couple years ago um it's still making a lot of money it's still a very uh booming economically area um so location wise in like the business kind of aspect i i love it i would love the idea but for the fans and for just the sport itself, I can't say that I love it too much, you know, personally, um, just because I know, I know this is something that's going to be a huge topic tonight for this specific segment. Um, traffic is going to be crazy. Now, traffic is already crazy at um, the sports, as I like to call it, the little sports district that we have in South Philly. But um, traffic is already crazy in Center City as well, which is something that Jason, we all talked about, you know, earlier before before uh, recording. But it's it's going to be a little rough in terms of traffic. It's going to be a little rough in terms of just transportation in general. Um, even if we do have Patco and SEPTA, but not everybody, you know, usually does take the train. Um, but for those that do, that do, it it'll definitely be an a a convenience. And then the second reason why is. I guess it's just a me thing. And if it's a me thing, I'm sure it's for other people as well. But I love the fact that, you know, we have the fashion district, but as I was talking about just a couple of seconds ago, um, in South Philly, we have all of the stadiums together, of course, with Wells Fargo being the home of the Flyers and the Sixers, but having the link and having citizens, citizens, since Bank Park and then having Wells Fargo, it's just really cool to kind of consider it, you know, the, the sports district, if you will, the unofficial sports district. So it's kind of nice just to have all the teams together and having three of the teams separate from the Sixers, it just feels something feels off. But who knows, you know, like if if this come comes to fruition in about nine or you know nine years, um, it might be different. It might feel different, and it might be a positive thing. And especially, it might be a positive thing if we're speaking economically. But just as of right now, looking short term, it just isn't something that I love. Yeah, I you know, in theory, I feel like it's a great idea. That's that, that's my thing. In theory, it sounds great. Center city, easy access from the trains. All right, great. But there's so much other stuff that you have to worry about. And the traffic, I, I think it's the number one concern on anyone's list. The traffic already at rush hour. People are getting out of work at four or five o'clock. Uh, and, and, you know, that's going to add to it because then you have people going to the game. Um, you know, that's another aspect to this that, you know, people have to remember and can't forget about, Jason. Um, so that's one aspect. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, we're uh, we're all from South Jersey. We can hop on Patco and we're right there. It's not too difficult for us. 
But, you know, some people, a family of four that wants to come from South Jersey, they're going to have trouble getting into the city. And that's always a pain in the neck. Uh, you know, going through the traffic, finding a parking garage. What are they going to do with the garage? Is they going to have a deal with the Sixers? Is there going to be enough parking for the for the tenants in the building as well as the fans coming into the city? I mean, these are all things that have to be worked out and uh, and figured out uh, in, in the time being. Uh, you know, there's a lot of time to figure it out. But, uh, you know, this could be just a proposal now. Maybe they move somewhere else. Maybe they do stay at the sports compact complex. Uh, Jason, is this a good or bad move if the Sixers do do it? I mean, it's still nine years away. You can look at it as if and I think that when it comes to looking at it from both perspectives of why this could be a good thing, why this could actually maybe not be as such a, as a, such of a good thing, there's, there's so many ways that you can look at this. And it's just, it's so funny to me because when you pop open this umbrella of just this topic, there's so many things that come to my mind. The first thing that I think is really important is that I know it was just 11 days ago, but this is going to be right near Chinatown. And it's in Center City. And there was a shooting in Chinatown about 11 days ago. And so crime rate in Philadelphia isn't such a good thing now. Now, this is nine years away. Do we think that crime is going to go down there? I don't know. We can't predict the future. But I think from like a realistic standpoint, people if people aren't going to feel safe because crime rates, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen. But if crime rates go up, you know, who's going to want to go to the game? Yeah. No, I, I, I think you make a good point. I think that's definitely a part of it. Um, I think this is a, a an opportunity that the Sixers see that, hey, maybe we can build up that area, the area of Center City, and bring some business in and bring some economic, you know, fluctuation throughout the city. Um, I, I think that's definitely part of it. And I think that's part of the idea. You can bring more jobs into it. You'll give people jobs at the arena. Um, bring in business for the surrounding businesses, the small businesses, you know, in Chinatown, around the area, around that part of Center City. I think that's the thinking behind this. Um, is it going to happen? I, I don't know how much it's going to work. That's that that's the that's the problem. I, I think I think the traffic hassle is really the biggest uh, idea. I think hey, if the Sixers do want to put a new building together, there's still room in the sports complex to go do it. Um, you know, they, they, uh, they very well could, um, I don't, I, I really don't think they're going to be sharing with the flyers much longer, especially since the Comcast spectacle is the Comcast spectacle and, you know, Harrison Blitzer are to totally, two totally different entities, um, that, you know, uh, have different visions and, you know, Harrison Blitzer, you know, they own the devils as well. And, you know, they, they have other ventures that they like to get into. So I, I could totally see them, um, you know, moving this team to, to a different location. Now, I could see it ending up in the city. It just might not be that exact location at this point. Because if you go back, Philadelphia Phillies, when Citizens Bank Park was being built, uh, they they had some trouble. They they were trying to put it in a similar area in Chinatown. Um, you know, they they tried moving. You know, maybe Penn's Landing over here, over there. I you know around the city, they finally decided to end up in the sports complex where Citizens Bank Park is now. And I think that's the right idea. It's very very difficult you know, to get all your teams in one spot. It's almost every team except for the Philadelphia Union that are in the sports complex. Now, we, as, as Philadelphia fans, and, you know, it's very, very lucky. You should be, feel very lucky. Hey, I could catch a 1 p.m. Phillies playoff game 
or a game in September, go right to right to another to an Eagles game or, or something. When those two things collide, even when the Sixers are in the playoffs, the Phillies start, what, vice versa. It doesn't matter. You can go right there, right then. Xfinity Live's there, so it's been built up. Um, and you know, not many, not many, uh, not many states, not many cities that have sports teams have something like the Philadelphia, uh, you know, sports teams do. I mean, if you look at New York, they play in New Jersey. They literally play in New Jersey. They don't even play in New York. The Knicks are over here. The Islanders are over here. The Giants, Jets share a stadium in New Jersey. The Yankees play in the Bronx. The Mets play. Like, so it's a very fortunate thing to have uh, for Philadelphia. And I, I think, you know, if you do move them to Center City, in theory, yes, it's going to be great. But there's a lot of logistics that are going to have to go into it. I have to add something. I have to say also that we don't know what the transfer Transportation is going to be like a nine years. Right. Are we going to have? Are we going to run off of gas? Are we still going to have gas cars, or is everything just going to be electric? That's something to think about. And SEPTA is SEPTA going to help help themselves out and revamp themselves? That's another issue. They're they're a total disaster. Yeah. Paco probably um, in nine years is going to need some more renovations as well. They've had new trains in the past ten years, but you know they're going to add more stops. They're going to you know what's going to happen? I mean, there's so much so much logistical information that needs to be sorted out at this point. Jen, any more thoughts on this topic? Yeah, actually just kind of branching off of that too and you know kind of bringing a little world news into this. You know, we've got an ongoing climate issue. I mean, this past week has been un ungodly hot and you know over in Europe has been hot as well. So they got to factor in, you know, what kind of transportation transportation should this uh, should this venture really? Are, yeah, exactly. Like, what are the laws going to be at that point? Based, and what, yeah. you know, what kind of environmental things are they going to have to take into consideration? Yeah, no, I, I think you make a great point. What are the laws going to be at that point in time? It, it remains to be seen. Jason, uh, one last thought on uh, the Sixers moving their stadium. Yeah, so I want to also look at it from the positives perspective, too, because I think that that's another uh, interesting way to look at it. Because, okay, so the Sixers and the Flyers both show both share the Wells Fargo Center. Yes. Now you're basically saying that the Sixers aren't going to have to share the Wells Fargo Center with the Flyers. Yeah. So that means that when it comes to making up the schedules, that more people will actually be able to, or sorry, it's not going to be as like you know, like the change of scenery, like when they change the hardwood and when they change the ice, like, you know, there's not going to have to be as many ground crew workers. Now that's going to get rid of jobs and that's not good in that sense, but you look at it from just a facility standpoint, there's not going to be as much of a rush to, you're not going to have to change the hardwood. You're not going to have to have as many ground crew people to just, you know, um, go out of their way and make a change because sometimes like the Sixers and the Flyers used to play at some points like on the same day. Yeah, yeah that's happened many times. So that's one thing I wanted to point out. The other thing too is that this is privately funded. So people aren't going to have to pay taxes on this. And that's something that I think is great because from just an economical standpoint, you know, not a whole lot of people come from money, especially in that area. So yeah. you're going to be helping them save money. In yeah. That. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I think that's one of the big sticking points with this, that it, it, they will privately fund this stadium. I think that's huge, and that gets more people on board, and that will get the city of Philadelphia more so on board, I feel like, when the time is right, when they try and get this thing through. Um, I, think that's, I, I think that's big. I think that's the biggest point to this, that it is privately funded. No taxpayer dollars are going to go into this stadium. And I think 
at that point, it's like, okay, you, you, you can do, you can do whatever you, you like at, at this point, if you're privately going to fund it, um, you know, Hey, I, I think that's, I think that's going to help out a lot in, in them selling this idea to the city of Philadelphia and the people of the city. But listen, it was very interesting, very interesting uh, story that came out today. It's, it's been all over the place uh, to say the least. It's been on every news network. Uh, you can imagine in around Philadelphia, it's been the talk of the town as well, but Hey, uh, it's exciting. But unfortunately, by, by the time the, the, the Sixers move out of this, the Wells Fargo center, the lease is up in nine years, Mr. Embiid, he, he, he put out, he was pretty upset. He was disappointed. Uh, that's going to be in 2031 that this would happen. Um, and you know, a guy that just signed with the Philadelphia 76ers, Mr. James Harden, he'll probably be long gone out of a Sixers uniform by that point, but Hey, he's sticking around for the next year or so, year or so, definitely a year. He'll definitely be here for a year. James Harden, he signed a new two-year, $68.6 million extension with the Philadelphia 76ers. Officially, no surprise there. Um, did come with a player option and will make $33 million next year. And that's nearly $14 million less than what he would have made if he opted into his previous contract. Jason, um, not a surprise he resigned. We knew this was coming. We knew he was going to take a pay cut. Is James Harden taking a pay cut? How important is that for the Sixers? And are are some people aren't in belief of it? Uh, you know, he's going to make up the money elsewhere. So what? He took a pay cut for the salary cap, and they were able to sign PJ Tucker, which I, I think a contract was. Uh, a little too much in my, to put it nicely. Um, they, they, you know, they get out and get Melton. Uh, they, they go out and get Daniel house as well. They're able to get a few more guys to add to that depth. I mean, what do you make a hard and taking the pay cut? So this morning I wake up and I watch undisputed. I don't really watch it too much live, but today happened to be the case where I was watching it live. Now, I know that, that that's a debate show, and, and that's a different format because it's on Fox, and they have their own rules and whatnot, but Shannon said something to me that kind of made me a little, I don't want to say irate, but it, it, it definitely infuriated something in me, and he just talked about how, you know, Tom Brady didn't buy himself a champ, you know, a championship or a Super Bowl ring. And when you really think about it, when you think about the greats, when you think about the guys like Tim Duncan that he even brought up, talent is what wins. But at the same time, you have to be willing to get pieces to surround you. It's not just a one-man show. You're a part of a team. You're a part of a team that is just not – it's not supposed to be individualized. It's supposed to be cohesive, and it's supposed to bring people together and – the fact that James Harden is just saying that, or sorry, the fact that James Harden took this deal to me was from his sort of standpoint saying the not just the team, but maybe to himself that I'm not playing like a max player. I played for 11 seasons. I got my money. You know, I don't want scoring titles anymore. I want to win a championship. give him a lot of credit because for him to put his money now where his mouth not you know go for the max deal 
to me says a lot about his personality. It says a lot about his nature. And when you're looking at TikToks of him and Joel and PJ Tucker all working out together and you see all these workout videos, it's just something that is a breath of fresh air. And that tells me that he said to himself, I'm not playing at my best. I have to be better. If I want to get a max contract, I got to act like I should get it and I should, I have to play at that high level. And for him to do that, that takes a lot of guts. Yeah, no, I, I, th- I think it, I think you're definitely right because I mean, we, we saw James Harden. He, he was not the James Harden from the Houston Rockets a few years ago in the playoffs and, and towards the end of the season with the Sixers. Was it the hamstring? Maybe it was it him getting older. I think that's part of it. And, you know, he has to really, he, he realized, Hey, I, I'm this player right now. I'm at this level. I think he can get back to a higher level than he played this year with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, but this is him realizing, Hey, number one, I'm not the player that I used to be. And number two, this is going to be my probably my last couple of shots at a title uh, with Joel Embiid, who, you know, he's a big man. How much longer does he have? His prime is only going to be so long. Um, and, you know, you, you take the pay cut, you bring in a guy like P.J. Tucker, has that championship pedigree, plays really good defense. You want that on your team. You get a guy like Melton, who didn't play a ton of minutes with the um, – Memphis Grizzlies last year, but he comes in and he's going to give you something, you know, a little bit of a spark, a little bit of fiery offensive prowess as well as on the defensive end. He plays pretty good defense as well. Um, and he could shoot the three ball a little bit. So you bring him in and you bring in Melton who, you know, is back or excuse me, you bring in house uh, who was also with the Houston Rockets back in the day with James Harden and Daryl Moore. You bring a couple of these guys in, you, you look a little more deeper as a team. And Jen, I mean, this is what James Harden had to realize. And, you know, they're able to get it done and work something out. Yeah. And um, just to kind of sidestep off of Jason for a second, I'm glad you kind of brought up um, the comment about Tom Brady, you know, the greatest to ever do it. But um, Tom Brady also has taken pay cuts in the past just so he can, you know, help build a team. I know I, I always bring this up, but I feel like I always have to emphasize this, that Tom Brady, who's still, you know, going strong, he's not you know, like as, we, as you were talking about James Harden, who might be getting older, who might be getting, you know, not, he's not in his prime years anymore, but Tom Brady, who's still, you know, kicking it over in the NFL, um, he's still taking pay cuts and he's still able to create a good team around him to go off and win a Super Bowl. I mean, the first, the first year that Tom Brady came over to the Bucks, built a great team around him. They went off and won the Super Bowl. I second year made made the playoffs but either way they've right. been a playoff team in the past couple of years and before Brady um obviously you know Brady brings his little magic with him but um before Brady they haven't been they haven't won a Super Bowl in nearly nearly 15 to 20 years so it just goes to show that of course you know taking a pay cut shows a lot of humility for James Harden which is great because I've feel like it's a very admirable thing to have as an athlete to be able to show that you have humility that you might not be the player that you, you used to be but you know you're still going out and you still want to help try to get a ring and you want to do what you can to help elevate the team that that shows something something special in the Sixers and as we were talking you know, what he was able to do helps bring in PJ Tucker and Daniel House, which was had success, as you mentioned, with Harding in the past. And then, of course, with the uh, Anthony Belton, he is an ideal player for this roster. So just being able to see what Harden is able to do is able to say that he is taking a pay cut um both you know to show the humility and to show that you know he wants to bring in some other good talent or he wants the Sixers to bring in some good talent I think uh shows a lot of something special for this team and you know especially with Harden yeah no I I think you make a great point I mean this team definitely got better they got better 
Um, will they will they get past that second round hump over that hump this year? I don't know. I, I don't know. That remains to be seen. Joel has to stay healthy. Harden has to stay healthy. And we have to see if, if this team can continue to play together. And, um, you know, I just want to get, you know, heading in, uh, you know, we're going to switch topics in just a sec, but heading into next year, um, Jason and Jen, Jason, you go first, just a grade for this off season so far for the Sixers. Whew. Oh man, that's a tough question. I'd say so far, uh, I would have to give it a B. I'd have to give it a B, okay. maybe go towards a B plus. I like okay. the Anthony Melton, the Anthony Melton, a somebody that's really going to come off the bench. He's a good ball handler. He can also create his own shot. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Trey Burke. I remember when Brett Brown had Trey Burke and he sent him off to an island and didn't even play Trey Burke, Trey Burke once. You know, he reminds me just like him, except he's a better version. He's more younger. He's more talented. He's more athletic. He's also a really good two-way player, and he has so much potential to grow. And I like that move a lot. The Daniel House signing, I'm a little bit skeptical about that. I would honestly – I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't even make the opening day roster, to be honest with you, because yeah. the bubble – Everybody talks about, oh, he was so great and he was able to put up 21-point games in the bubble. The bubble was two years ago. The, yeah. the, bar, the bubble was uh, an anomaly. In, yeah. in, the, in the grand scheme of things, the bubble is an anomaly, in my estimation, at least. Um, and then, then you go to the P.J. Tucker signing. I like P.J. Tucker. I think P.J. Tucker does a lot when it comes to bringing the locker room together. I also feel like he's going to probably call out Doc Rivers with his just outspoken personality and with just his gestures. And we can talk more about that at another time, just about Doc. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it's a whole nother conversation. As far as today goes, when you look at just the roster construction and Daryl Morey's, uh, what he was able to put together, I would have to give it a B. I do feel like it did improve. The Sixers got more players that are veterans, that some of them are champions, and they're still playing at a very high level. And some of them also have the opportunity to grow. Tyrese Maxey is only going to get better. And I feel as if with what they just added in the offseason, it's going to make them better. Now, does that give them a shot to go to the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't know. I have no idea. That remains to be seen. But so far, I like what's been going on. I like what James Harden's been doing. And I do feel like there's this sort of hunger. And maybe the whole James Harden thing is actually starting to inspire other people in that in that locker room to to reach their full potential. Because Embiid's even said it in the offseason. He wanted dogs. Yeah. And he, he got that with P.J. Tucker at 37 years of age. We'll see how much he has left in the tank. Jen, your grade for the Sixers uh, for this offseason before we move on. Yeah, I also have to say a B as well. And I feel like with these these questions, I'm always taking like a psychology kind of answer. But you know, it makes sense and it works. And uh, I can I can tell I can tell you why. Bringing in PJ Tucker and bringing in Daniel House, they have that connection with Harden. Uh, they have they've had success in the past, and I think that's only going to play out more as we get into this next season. Um, I'm not saying you know a whole championship you know right off the bat in the next season. I mean, but who knows? I'm not not saying it either. But um, I think having, you know, a connection then and bringing Embiid into the mix and just bringing, uh, creating 
and a really strong brotherhood amongst the team is going to be something um, that I think is going to be incredible for the Sixers um, just to be able to play off of. I mean, we've seen it so far, as we talked about earlier on TikToks and um, throughout social media, just having that connection and having that bond, I think it's going to contribute and translate well on the uh, on the floor, as we've seen so far off the or off the floor um, this offseason. Yeah, no, I, I listen, I'm excited. I can't wait for the Sixers. I, I really can't wait for their their season coming up. Um, you know, it's another opportunity for them to make a run at it. I mean, you know, this year, last year and this year, maybe the year after is kind of their window uh, to try and win something. We'll see if they can get it done. Uh, James Harden, once again, signed a two-year extension worth $68.6 million, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. We'll see. How much it affects the team. We'll see, uh, you know, they bring in a few new players. Uh, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excited for uh, this season upcoming. We'll see if they're not – they might not be done either. I mean, there's still a guy like Kevin Durant out there, but that's another conversation. We're not going to talk about that just today. Uh, but we're going to move on, and I want to do a little fun segment. We're going to do this on the show a lot uh, coming up, uh, you know, in all of our episodes. We're going to have some fun segments. So, you know, I want to get your guys' opinion. You know, the, the Major League Baseball All-Star game was recently – um, and you know, I just wanted to get your thoughts. What is the best all-star game or all-star weekend, whatever, out of all four of the major sports, Jen, you can go first. What do you think the best all-star game is? So you got to eat first and foremost, you have to take the NFL out of the mix. I mean, I'm sorry. I think the pro bowl, I mean, I think they've been talking about doing <laughs> away with the pro bowl and the pro bowl is just not what it used to be. Apparently, I guess I heard this, uh, a couple months ago when I still worked at my internship at the NFL alumni, the pro bowl used to be before the super bowl. And it used to be this big, like, you know, all-star game, obviously, but um, they were really showing their skills. It was really something super important. And then over the years, it just got less and less important. And it just became more, I mean, not even more, but like less entertaining and less, it just became blah. It became, you know, as the young kids say nowadays, it became mid, like it literally. Oh, it is. Mid. Oh, it's beyond so mid. Jen, it's beyond it's, mid. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really beyond mid. Um, so you can't, you can't bring the NFL into the mix, but that being said, um, in my opinion, I think the best all-star game is definitely, excuse me, the N- MLB, just because okay. it's the one all-star game where it's kind of separated from all the other games you know all the other games are kind of close together in uh during you know during their prospective seasons but the MLB's all-star game is pretty much in the summer it's the sole focus it's the sole event it goes on for a couple days it's fun to watch and I think if the only thing that would make it better is probably having it on the 4th of July I don't know how that schedule would really play out but I have to say just because it's the sole focus and it's something quite enjoyable. I have to say the MLB uh, has the best all-star game. All right. I like it. Uh, Jason, we might have a similar one, Jen. Jason, how about you? Well, they say that when it comes to popularity, that football is king. But when it comes to all-star games, MLB is the king. MLB is the king. And the reason why, it's not just because of the all-star game. It's because of the celebrity games and it's also because of the home run derby and the home run derby has always been the the best festivity for an all-star weekend in all the big four sports i think it's better than the slam dunk contest i think it's better than all the shootout activities that they do in the nhl and when i was watching justin boer 
and Pete Alonzo go in there. It was really great. It was so much fun to watch. Um, I just feel like when Josh Hamilton is hitting 25 or more home runs and Bobby Abreu is just hitting balls that are 450 feet, and then you hear, um, uh, oh, oh, what's his name? Chris, uh, 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 tell me tell me what his name is. You know who I'm talking about. I, you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Oh, man. Oh, it's going to bug me. <laughs> back, back, back. Oh, go. Chris Berman. You mean Chris yeah. Berman? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Berman. Chris Berman. I tweeted that out. I tweeted that out, Jason. I, I did tweet that out. I said I miss Chris Berman. I miss the back, back, back. But, you know, he was the best. He was the best at it. How can you not? How can you not miss Chris Berman? So, but as far as, uh, as, as far as the – the festivities when it comes to All-Star Weekend, who does it the best? It's MLB. I also really like how in, in the All-Star Game themselves, they also allow it, – it seems like it's the most competitive out of the big four. Like, you can't just not try and not throw, like, a 95-mile-per-hour fa- – or, sorry, you have to throw, like, 95-mile-per-hour fastballs, 92-mile-per-hour sliders. You can't just be throwing, like, these 52-mile-per-hour off-speed pitches because then it's going to look silly. You can yeah. make the argument that when it comes to the NBA and the lack of defense, that that looks silly too. But I think that when it comes to just looking at it from the audience's eyes, MLB does it best. Yeah, I, I'm with you both. I do think Major League Baseball has the best all-star game. I wish they would add to it a little more, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, I want meaning behind the game again. I, You know, I might be in a complete minority with this, and no one might agree with me, but I loved when it decided who got home field advantage in the World Series. Put that back. I love that. I think it gives the game so much meaning, and just to have all the best players there, I, I think it's great. And, yeah, I, I think baseball has some work to do still to, to give it some more importance and market it more because they've had trouble doing that so much with their players uh, throughout the past 10 or so years. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, I think Major League Baseball definitely has the best all-star game. There's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind they do. Um, and but I, I think they're, they, definitely, they definitely could do some things with it to make it better. And, you know, we'll move on, and we'll talk about this year's home run derby first before we get into the rest of the all-star game that happened this year. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, Philadelphia Philly was in the uh, all-star game as well as the home run derby. Now, I don't like to get into conspiracies or anything, but ESPN had, I mean, this was, this was, I think, kind of well-documented. ESPN had a little trouble, uh, you know, counting the home runs. And some may say Kyle Schwarber might've got robbed. I was just disappointed overall in his performance. I thought he should have got out of round one, but how can you go up against Albert Pujols after they give the guy a standing ovation? All the players go over him. How are you going to go out there and beat Albert Pools? I don't know. It was uh, it was interesting. ESPN didn't count the home runs right in the end as well. Uh, I think they forgot one of Juan Soto's home runs. Um, but I was I was a little disappointed in Kyle Schwarber's uh, performance. Maybe he's saving him for the second half, Jen. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I'm still kind of pretty much on the fence about it because I can see both sides. I mean, there, it's a it's a lot. It it was a live broadcast. Yeah, it was a live broadcast, um, yeah. So, you know, mistakes happen in live broadcast. Mistakes happen in anything that can, that's live. I, I mean, it's prone to happen. So I do see where the ESPN or ESPN could have failed, you know, could have failed to count. Yeah. But I do, I also agree that I, 
I was kind of disappointed in his performance as well. So I kind of see both sides, but I mean, as somebody who's a little bit more biased, you know, I do kind of feel like, you know, as somebody who has worked in live broadcasting that mistakes do happen. And I'm, I'm sure I, I don't doubt that it could have happened that ESPN failed to count his, um, his home run, I especially know. with how close to the wind was. So it made it that much more tense. Yeah. Um, cannot lie yeah i it was i was close i was watching it i i don't know i he might have gotten that extra one at the buzzer i don't i don't know jason uh not not too fond of i wasn't too fond of his performance I, but like how are you gonna follow up and beat albert Pujols after all that i mean you can't be the guy to beat the the legend you got you gotta give him one round don't you <laughs> i can't speak on behalf of kyle Schwarzer, <laughs> but here's what i will tell you I will tell you that I was happy that, first of all, he was in the Derby because he deserved to be there. We can talk about guys that didn't want to do the home run Derby and some of these other guys that are in the top five in home runs that didn't do it. That's a whole nother debate. But the fact that we got to see Kyle Schwarber be there and represent Philadelphia, I think that that was nice to see. I know that some people don't have have their own beliefs about the home run derby does it affect their swing in the second half or moving forward for some people it helps them for some people it doesn't and people are still very uh, skeptical about what Kyle Schwarber's second half is going to be as far as the the performance itself you should have asked me what kind of grid I would have gave that (laughs) because that I have an accurate answer for and that is a D a D not an F. Not an F. He didn't win. He gets an F in my book. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, Jason. I. At least we had a Philly in it. It was a uh, first first Philly since Reese Hoskins a couple of years ago. He was in it. Um, you know, remember what Ryan Howard did, Bobby Abreu as well. Uh, two notable Phillies um, to participate in the home run derby. But yeah, I mean, I would have liked to seen Schwarber move on at least one round. I mean, that would have been cool, but he didn't. He didn't. Oh, well. Go ahead, Jason. The year that Bryce Harper won it, who did he go up against? That's true. Finals. Kyle Schwarber. He did. He did. Schwarber had to live up to that expectation. Yeah. And you know what? Bryce is not here this year. I got to win it. I got to do it. And that was disappointing. It was too much. It was too much. Hopefully he's saving some home runs for the second half. Now, there was a proposed. I mean, well, it was implemented, but it didn't actually get to happen. Uh, the extra innings proposal. Now, each the American League team as well as the National League team, they got to choose three players in case they went to extra innings to have a home run derby uh, to decide the winner of the game. Jen, I your thoughts? I love it. I love it. I would have loved to see that play out. It did not. It did not. I agree. I saw pretty much loves, you know, like exciting sports television. I mean, obviously as a Phillies fan, you always love something exciting happening, you know, in Philadelphia, but on a national scale, I, I would have loved it. I just, like I was talking about earlier with just the tension of, you know, who's going to win with that kind of anticipation. I absolutely would have loved it. Um, that being said, I do have to just play a hypothetical. Now I could be wrong, but each of them, each of the batters would get three swings. Correct? Yes. Yes. You're hundred percent correct. Yep. So what if any, I mean, this is probably once in a blue moon, super impossible. What if all three batters, like all of them, I guess, like bat 100 or, you know, 
it, it like what if it ties again is I, I think you keep going right i believe you just keep going okay so you so have if, a winner if they kept going then okay then that i mean yeah. that, i guess that would just add to more of the suspense i the i love it i love it I, I like it too. I do like it too. But I just had to, I had to think about that. Like, what if they tie again? Yeah. I, I guess you just keep going. Jason, you, your thoughts on this. I want to get you in. I feel like I'm on like Mars or something. <laughs> I, I really don't understand the whole logic behind this at all. Why? Why? It's great. It's a guy. This is a guy right here that won so many changes now in baseball, yet he works a pitch clock and <laughs> he doesn't like the pitch clock. And it's just so bad. I don't want to say baffling, but it's just, it's so confusing to me how like that whole philosophy works. That's a whole other story. But when it comes to this whole home run derby, like what's the home run derby itself? It doesn't make any sort of sense to me. I always have thought that when it came to the extra innings, you know, you got to play until until it's over. Now you're making it like a shootout in hockey. That's pretty I, much what you're doing. I think it's cool. I like it. I like this. This is speeding up the game. It's making it more. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying to put it in all the games for every single game of the year. This is just for fun at the all-star game. I think that I think that's it's a good idea. This is also a panic move to me by Rob Manfred because he's yeah, I, that also really likes a lot of offense, but he wants to yeah. speed up the game as well which really contradicts everything with the whole timing of everything but that's that, that's all i gotta say you want to shorten the game but like you're making it longer like uh, i don't know I don't listen understand. i liked it for the all-star game if i i would have to see it play out if i'd want it to actually be implemented maybe at some level but I have to see it play out in All Star Game first. I'm not. I'm not all the way there yet, Jason. Don't get me twisted. I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not off my rocker that far just I yet. See it. <laughs> I'm not that far yet. I might get there. I might get there if I read more into it and think about it a little more. You might get me for a home run derby that instead of extra inning. You might get me for it. Maybe you, you should participate in the home run derby. <laughs> oh, I, I can't hit. I can't hit a ball. I can barely hit a ball outside the infield. At this point in my life, oh, it's those days are over. Great diving catches, though. At the I, I, I did, I did do that at one at one point. That, that, that those days are gone, though. All right, we're, we're talk before we wrap this segment up. I want to talk a little Phils. Um, you know, they're they're right in it. They're right in it. Um, you know, they're right in a wild card um, mix. I mean, I think they're going to be into in it till the end. Um, Jen, I'll, I'll go to you. You're the Phillies. Deadline's coming up. Very soon, very quickly approaching. What is your number one need? Um, well, I had two guys in mind specifically. Um, two of obviously many good answers, but just two that I found that kind of emulated the same kind of playing that the, um, I was about to say Sixers, not the Sixers. We moved past the Sixers, but the Phillies um, have right now. And that's Brian Keller and Martin Perez. Um, and I'll start with Brad, uh, Brad Keller. Um in 97.2 innings pitch, he has a 3.96 ERA, which is similar to the Phillies numbers of this season. Um, and he's bringing in bullpen experience, something, you know, that we've talked about before was being one of the Phillies struggles. So you could definitely slide him into the rotation. If somebody were to get injured, I think he would be a great fit. And then the other great fit is Martin Perez, obviously a veteran with a high performance this season and definitely good enough for, you know, against in case somebody got injured. Um, both very 
kind of similar numbers, but very similar to the Phillies this season. Um, I wouldn't mind one of those two guys just because, you know, um, obviously this season we've had uh, Bryce Harper go down down and we were kind of wondering you know like what's going to happen um you know with the Phillies are they going to continue to excel um so bringing in one of these two guys I think would continue that kind of trend of the Phillies hopefully continuing to excel and um just you know go from there and hope for you know hope for the best as as the season continues yeah I you know I, I I think my number one concern would be a bullpen arm I know a lot of people out there and, you know, I, they need pitching. I think pitching is their number one concern um, at the deadline. They have, they have to get an arm. I think an arm is a must. Um, a lot of people want to see them, you know, go out and get, get a bat center fielder. I mean, you've heard Ben attendees name thrown around. Um, one name I, I heard recently uh, was Michael Taylor. I heard that name thrown around recently. That's not a bad option. Um, I feel like you could get him maybe on a discounted price, you're not going to have to give up a ton of top prospects, the Mick Abels of the world, the Andrew Painters. I think you'll be okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I still think over center fielder, I think they need another bullpen arm. I mean, the bullpen's been great as of late. I, don't get me wrong. Before the All-Star break, they were very good. But I think another arm would not hurt, Jason. How about you? I know that we're out here and playing the Philly, and – we like to listen to satellite radio. Satellite radio is great. But sometimes when I when I go back to the ground, when I go back to planet Earth, okay, the radio stations I like to listen to, I like AM radio stations and FM radio stations. And right now, I want to change that channel, and I want to be on an FM radio station and get Frankie Montas to okay. have him come to Philadelphia. Oh, I want FM here in Philly. Now, I, like I think that he is the prize any team right now because he's been doing an incredible job with the Oakland Athletics. If you remember that outing he had against the New York Yankees, he only allowed four hits, two earned runs. And every single season, he just seems like he's adding something to his arsenal. And the Oakland Athletics are at the point right now where what are they doing? They get rid of Matt Chapman. They get rid of Matt Olson. They don't have a lot of guys left on the team that have a lot of pizzazz, as I'd like to say, except for you know, maybe their center fielder, Ramon Mariano, you can make the argument that, Steve, that he still has a great future ahead of him, which I certainly do believe he does. But they have to – they're in a mode where they just have to sell. And Frankie Montas, I want Frankie Montas. I think that with his ERA, with the strike-to-walk ratio – or sorry, the strike-to-ball ratio, strikeout-to-walk ratio, that would certainly help the, the Phillies. Uh, they just lost Zach Eflin. And how, how much are we really going to trust Zach Eflin at this point? It seems like every single season he's injury prone. And I, I would much rather take in a playoff scenario a third great starting pitcher. You have Zach Wheeler, you have Aaron Nola, and you have Frankie Montas as your third option, as your third starter. That right there is what matters the most in the playoff. It comes down to pitching. It doesn't come down to hitting comes down to pitching yeah i'm with you i i like i like the idea of going out and getting another starter i i don't, I don't think that's bad um i i think i think a reliever isn't bad too i think they have to go out and get pitching uh i, I feel like you know and we we've echoed that here you have to go out and and get some guys and you know one guy i, I i've seen 
thrown around is uh, Daniel Bard of the Rockies. I think that's another name, a reliever they could go out and get. Uh, he's fourth in LNL with 13 saves and 15 opportunities. Can you go take him from the Rockies? Maybe that's a name I would throw out there as well. I mean, listen, I, I think there these are a lot of great names. Um, and, you know, th- this is going to be a, a big deadline for the Phillies. I mean, they've really turned it around since the firing of Joe Girardi. That really has sparked them. Uh, you know, hey, the topper, he's been he's been unbelievable as the manager, uh, you know, the interim manager. And, you know, at some point, if, if this team, you know, makes a run and they get to the playoffs, there's no way he doesn't come back as a manager next year. So I think pitching, 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 uh, I think we're in a, in a lot of agreement here um, that they have to go out and pitching, whether it's starting pitching or relief pitching, they have to go out and get uh, another arm, uh, especially, you know, with the way Eflin's been uh, this season. You have Nola, you have Wheeler. Um, you know, Gibson's been very good, but if you can maybe find that four starter before Eflin, maybe just plug in there. I, I think you're in a good spot. I would also say that if you wanted to make the argument about them getting another bat, well, Gene Segura and Bryce Harper, once they come back, those are additions. Yeah. Those are additions right there. And think about it like this. What's going to happen to that middle infield once Gene Segura does come back. Somebody's going to have to be removed out of that lineup. Is it going to be yep. Bryson Stott? Is it going to be Didi? Is it going to be Alec Bohm? And I think that that could actually help out the bench. And that right. actually gives the team more depth. And it doesn't help that Bryce Harper has been handicapped, as I like to put this uh, new injury, you know, the whole broken thumb, that sort of a thing. But when it came to just the UCL injury and him not being able to play out there in the outfield, they're lucky that they do have the DH because he's been able to play, you know, as far as just getting his bat in the lineup goes. But when he's not out there defensively, that basically puts Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber at a disadvantage. And that's also going to help in so many different ways. So you have to think about it from those perspectives. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned Gene Segura, you mentioned Bryce Harper. If Nick Castellanos gets it going, that's like another addition uh, to your lineup. If he can finally get the bat rolling, which he wasn't bad, I, you know, as it went towards closer to the all-star break, uh, he wasn't too bad. Um, so maybe he can get it rolling once again here in the second half because they're going to need him uh, if they want to make a run. But, hey, listen, Phillies, trade deadline coming up. We'll, we'll talk about it if they make any moves uh, coming up, but – it's going to be fun. I can't wait uh, to, so we get to September baseball and those games start inching closer to the playoffs. Maybe the Phillies finally can break the streak. We'll see what happens. But, you know, another segment I want to get to, we're going to do this a lot here on Planet Philly. Um, it's called Out of This World. So, um, you know, we're just, you know, what, what are a moment or during the week or, or a historical moment, something. So this week, um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, training camp. Training camp's coming up really soon. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. So out of this world for this segment today, a training camp moment, preseason moment, a signing that you thought around this time that was out of this world, Jen, you go first, just in historically, historically. So I have two. Um, okay, and love I think it. They're pretty, they're pretty much in recent years. Maybe I think, I believe in back-to-back, if I remember correctly. Um, last year, training camp, Jalen Breger, infamous one-handed catch 
nothing <laughs> nothing more needs to be said about that because i know i had to bring in one neutral and then one positive um core memory i have to i have to give the best story about this core memory uh rowan radio draft night you know the eagles have the historic three round picks i already know you know where i'm going with this um they have the historic three round uh three first round picks so which is great but you know they're not really making any moves and you you figure there's some there's some other teams that were you know making some really great moves so you're not you you're like howie you know like what are you doing can can you go out and do something you already had you know a great off season so far leading up to the um to the draft next thing you know he trades one of the picks and some other some other stuff some other deals for aj brown and you already know you were excited about it. Danny was excited about it. I was already, I was sitting, uh, just waiting, you know, to go on. I switched out with uh, another Roland Radio person so I could go in and kind of talk about the draft. I was speechless then. I'm not so speechless now because obviously seeing this guy can do is incredible. And it's going to be really cool to see uh, a wide receiver paired up with Devontae Smith to be able to um, help out Jalen Hurts. I know we'll get to later, but just to be able to help out Jalen Hurts um, this season. And I think honestly, that deserves some, you know, historic praise because this is definitely going to go down as a really, a really, really good move um, this off season by Howie. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, those are good ones. Those are two really good ones. Jalen Rager, just that, that was uh, one of the ones I had in mind. And yeah, I mean, the, the great catch of last year that was posted all over social media and then followed by the season that Jalen Rager had that doesn't need to be mentioned. And we'll talk about at some point, Jason, Jason, enough of Jalen Rager, enough of that J name, another Jalen. He's ready to go this year. Training camp's getting going, but do you have a historic uh, out of this world moment from training camp? I just have to say overall, I can't really pinpoint one person, but I feel like this season is about Jalen Hurts. And the way that the team is structured right now, to me, it's all set up for Jalen. And I think that when I, when I was able to, you, you know, see him at the, at the sneaker ball, he looked really really good like very in shape and he also looked like uh you know you hear about the reports of him you know just learning or, or sorry him practicing his targeting and also just getting his iq more up to par i feel like that that to me says a lot about who he is as a person and i think that that could be a really big addition for the eagles because him taking that next step is going to help them go far. And that's what it relies on. Yeah. So. No. All right. I like it. Jalen hurts looking out of this world heading into this season. I, I like it. And it, Hey, it does, does depend on him. He needs to, you know, maybe not be out of this world phenomenal, but he's going to have to be somewhere close to that. I feel like if they want to go above and beyond this year, but I will round my out of this world moment uh, out with this one. So Super Bowl season for the Philadelphia Eagles 2017. Now, I don't know how much of a difference this, this player made, but I think he made a substantial difference. They had to go out and get somebody for the other side. And that's when they traded for Ronald Darby from the Buffalo Bills. I think that was an out of this world trade. He had a pretty good year with them during the Super Bowl season, obviously kind of faltered with injuries as well. 
and you know he gives them an opportunity that season you know to compete and hey you know he had a pretty good Super Bowl he had a pretty good playoff run you got to give him credit um so I, I think the Ronald Darby trade I think it worked out for the Eagles in the end Jason when we talk about it from a historical context, I was also going to add the name Jay Ajayi. Yes, I love it. I love it. The fact that he was able to not just be on that Super Bowl team, what did he do? Not just during the Super Bowl, but throughout those playoffs, he was a spark plug. He was somebody that if you had a third down and you needed somebody to run up the middle, and if you needed somebody to like break through tackles, he was that guy. He was that guy that gave this team so much energy, not just on the field, but in the locker room. And if they don't have a Jaihi, you can make the argument that they don't even go to the Super Bowl without him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That that's definitely a good one as well. And you know, Darby did miss some time that season. But hey, he listen, I, I think that was a, a big piece. I mean, you only had Jalen Mills on the outside. I mean, they didn't really have a guy who'd been around the league for a couple of years. He spent some time with Buffalo um, injuries kind of have derailed his career, career a little bit, but I think that was a good move and a jolly that that's, that's clearly a big one. So to round out, I want to talk a little bit about the Eagles and, you know, kind of going back to Jalen hurts, Jen, a little bit. I mean, we heard the report coming out um, that, you know, we had a bad day at training camp uh, from Derek Gunn, who's very well respected. We, we know Derek Gunn, one of the better uh, Eagles reporters, um, over the last 20, 30 years, very respectable. Even if the report is accurate, which I believe it probably is, I, does it concern you from a one practice that he had a bad day? I, I To me, it doesn't. I have no concern. Yeah, I, I, I'm waiting until week one, and that's when we'll see, because preseason doesn't even matter to me as much anyway. Yeah, I'd rather that bad string of um... – you know, interceptions and, and sacks and whatever it was, I'd rather that happen in training camp than happen in week one, um, especially against, because I believe week one is against the Lions. So if it's against the Lions, no shade there, but uh, then we're definitely in trouble. trouble. We're <laughs> definitely in trouble there. Um, but I, yeah, I agree. I'm not, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Um, and, you know, whether or not it's true, it doesn't matter. Um, Hertz still has to show up this season. You know, if that was, if the reports were true, he's got to learn from it. He's got to grow and he's got to get back and make sure he's set for week one. But if it's not true, that's great. Um, but he still has to show up because we are putting full faith in Jalen Hurts this year. I mean, we've seen it, you know, like I just mentioned with AJ Brown and um, some of the other pieces that were moving around um, to create a really good offense for Jalen Hurts to be able to thrive. Now it's up for Jalen Hurts to be able to thrive and to be able to learn from some of the mistakes he's um, he's gotten, you know, in, in his first full season, you know, second ish season, whatever the schematics of it are um, in his, his second, his second go around in a full slate of games, um, just being able to learn from those mistakes um, and just kind of bounce back. Cause we, in years past, and it's, it's been since super, I mean, maybe even before super bowl, but definitely super bowl on, um, we've had a little bit of a quarterback controversy. There's been talks, you know, throughout the off season, if the Eagles are going to trade for another quarterback or something or this lot or whatever. So for us to actually, for once, I mean, in, you know, in recent years, be able to put our full confidence in Jalen Hurts just goes to show that Jalen Hurts will have to show up. And it starts with, you know, if that if those reports were true and he had a bad day at camp, um, you know, bad days happen. It, and it wasn't, you know, like five or six days worth of bad days. It was definitely just that one day. But even a bad day, 
can can set the tone, you know, going into um, week one, but it's all about how you bounce back from it. And I hope that Jalen Hurts is able to bounce back from it, which obviously he probably will um, bounce back from it and get ready for week one. Yeah, I, I'm that, that's that's the key date for me. Week one, Jason. Um, I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I, I think he'll be all right. I don't think he's going to be that bad uh, during a game this year or, or so. So, listen, it's a big year for Hertz. Um, I, I The report, it's it's whatever to me. I, I don't really read much in these training camp reports that come out uh, that, you, you know, I, I'm just I'm not into it. I, I'm waiting for the regular season to start preseason. They're barely even going to play if they play at all the starters. I'm just waiting for week one at this point, Jason. I mean, training camp's going to be great. It's going to be great. The, the open practice is, is in a few weeks. I mean, you'll have a couple of preseason games. Just one at the link this year, um, three total. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about it. Give the poor man a break. <laughs> this is a guy that literally has been criticized for so long, you know, it kind of reminds me, not to get so political here, but when you ask a Philly fan if they would rather have, if they would, if they like Jalen Hurts or they don't, it's like, it, it's literally split right down the middle. And it's kind of like Democrats and Republicans sort of a thing. You know, like some people believe that, oh, they need another quarterback. And then there's other people that believe that he's the guy. And I'm at the point where, I just want to see him compete on the field during a regular season game. Okay. If he has a bad practice, he has a bad practice. If he has a good practice, he has a good practice. Okay. I'm done with all of this, all this talk about like, you know, okay. He didn't do so well today. Everybody has a bad day. Everybody makes mistakes, but you know what they say in basketball, they say that shooters shoot. They say in football, you just, you got to keep throwing. You got to keep passing. You know, because the more times you do it, the more chances you're going to get. So you have to keep throwing the ball. You have to try to to just and just ready for that. And I don't really put a lot of whole stock into it at all whatsoever. I'm just ready for the season to start for the Eagles and get the pumpkin spice coffee ready because enough is enough. Yeah. Hey, I'm with you. Let's get the season rolling. I'm excited. The, the next couple of months, like September, October, November, Sixers will be back. Phillies are going to be hopefully in a playoff stretch, you know, competing in a wild card game or, or the NLDS maybe at some point. The Eagles, Sixers, I'm excited. The Flyers, I don't even want to talk about them. They are such an irrelevant franchise. They're a total, total disgrace. Jason, I'll let you get in a second. But they have been a complete and utter failure this offseason, especially not getting Johnny Goudreau. That's all the Flyers talk I'm going to have today. Jason, I, you could get, get one, one thing on the Flyers. Jen, if you want to as well, go ahead. I think it floors you. I wasn't even going to – I was actually going to talk about if the Phillies do go to the playoffs, <laughs> they have to call it Shocktober or Brocktober. Yeah. <laughs> Love Harper it. Being in there. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber, that would be so great for the city. The Flyers – they just don't know what they're doing. <laughs> no, it's they that simple. Idea. And I I feel sorry for them as yeah. a fan because yeah. it's not just about the popularity of the sport. Football is king according to popularity, especially yeah. in Philadelphia. The way it is right now is it's the Flyers, the Sixers, the Phillies, or, or sorry, no, sorry. It's the Eagles, the Sixers, 
the Phillies, and the Flyers. There we go. Yeah. And honestly, maybe even the Union above the Flyers at this point. I, I'd put them above yeah. them. I, I I agree with you. <laughs> and it's sad because it's not just about the popularity of the sport as to why they're you know not getting talked about as much. It's really just the team that they have. The Sixers have made it to the Eastern Conference semifinals for the past four to five years. The Eagles are on the come up and they're on the verge of actually going pretty far, not just going to the playoffs, but going pretty far. The Phillies for the first time in 11 years are hoping to get a playoff spot and they actually have a really good team. And the Flyers are just stuck in the mud. Yep. Yeah. Paul, they're stuck in the mud. They're not not getting out of the mud anytime soon either. So, you know, it's a, It's it's a tough 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 time to be a Flyers fan, especially if you're a big hockey fan. Uh, but, you know they're just they're just not they're just not going to be a good team next year. But to end it out, this is going to be a segment we do every single week. Space Jam in Jason Joseph, he did think of this name. Got to give him credit for this one. Uh, you know, so you know, great job with the name. Um, you know, what are we listening to? What are we listening to? Music. What are, you know, what are we, what are we on the way to work? What are we listening to in the car, Jen? I'll start with you. I'll go last. I'll go Jason. I'll go Jen, Jason, and then me to, to round it out. Ooh, Space Jam, what are you listening to? I've been waiting to talk about this ever since <laughs> I went to the concert. Um, but, you know, I had to. Again, on Don FM slash After Hours, but his more recent album, Don FM, I'll talk about, obviously, because it kind of fits into the theme, you know, like us, us coming from Rolling Radio, having the podcast, Don FM, it's got that like radio theme. And the album tells a story, I promise I will only take three minutes to talk about <laughs> my my favorite, my favorite of all time. But um, the album just kind of tells a story. You have to listen beginning to end because it just plays through. And, you know, you'll probably get it if you, you know, you work at a radio station or you listen to the radio. It goes through like it's an hour's worth of just listening to live broadcast, like radio uh, music, you know, um, of course, it's just the weekend, but it's super cool. Um, I... I've just been listening to him ever since his concert, his tour kicked off last week. Um, you were there. You were, at, you, I, you were at the weekend's concert. You best believe I was <laughs> there at that concert. Um, and it was just, it's cool to see him perform live. I was talking to, uh, talking about it with a buddy of mine. Um, it's just great to live in a world where we've moved past the hardship that, you know, was 2020. We're still in a little bit of a pandemic, but you know, being able to go to a concert, being able to be responsible and just enjoy this time, um, I think was really cool. And being able to see the weekend as a first like post pandemic concert, if you will, uh, was pretty cool. So that's been on my rotation. If it's not Don FM, it's After Hours, it's Starboy, it's Beauty Behind the Madness. I could go on. Um, but that's the weekend is all I've been listening to. I love it. I love it. Jason, how about you? What have, what have you been up to? Uh, what have you been space jamming as of late? I know it came out last year, but I've actually been listening to a lot of Adele lately. Okay. Then you're Adele bag, Jason, one time. Let's go. I love 30. <laughs> I love 30. 30 is such a great album. Let's go. My favorite song on the album. I like Oh My God. Oh My God's a really good one. Okay. I always have to you know, vibe to that. But I drink wine. Okay. That's 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 all right, Jason. I like it. I like it. All right. So we got the weekend. Adele. I'm not gonna go with the one everyone thinks I'm gonna go to because 
that'll save that for another day. Going logic. Going logic. I'm going logic. I've been listening to his new album. Huh? What's that, Jason? I actually thought that you were gonna go with logic. Okay, yeah. I would go. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go with future to it this week, even though I had to bring him up. I'm not going with future. I have been listening to his album though. But um, I've really enjoyed Logic's album Vinyl Days. I believe it's his last album with Def Jam. So I, I think that it's it's 30 tracks, but it's not actually there. There's a lot of skits in there. Um, Aaron Judge made the album, which is crazy. So he's on there. He's got a skit on there. Oh, yeah, he's got a skit on there. Um, I, it's a good one. That's what I've been listening to and space jamming as of late. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it was. That's uh, it's what I've been, uh, been jamming as of late. And uh, you guys, The weekend, Adele and Logic. I think those are three pretty good first choices for this segment, right? The long. The weekend, the law. <laughs> the I law. love it. I love it. Love well, to see it. Yes. Well, I think the, the first episode went pretty well. I know Jen fought off a bug earlier, and I saw that. I caught that. My my uh, my screen kept going out. So you know, we had a couple of issues, but nothing major. We're gonna get them fixed for next time. We ran it today. Um, but you know, you know, it, hey. This is, this is how it's going to be. It's how we're going to run the show. We're going to have new segments uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have some guests as well come on the podcast. But, hey, Jen, Jason, uh, th- thanks for joining me. I can't wait to keep doing this every single week. Yeah, absolutely. This is always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, to be able to have conversations with all of you just about the different sports, it really just brings me joy. And it's been incredible. Yeah, I think Jason nailed it on the head there. I'm also super excited to be back on and just being able to talk about Philly sports and now a little bit of pop culture um, is going to be super exciting. Um, Yeah. I love it. All right. That's been Planet Philly episode one. We will see you next time.